0: Welcome to bebom Presents, where we explore poetry together. bebom Presents is a production of bebom Arkansas, a community writing experience in Northwest Arkansas. Our show is filmed in the listening lab in the studios of KUAF National Public Radio in Fayetteville. I'm your host, Julia Paganelli-Marine. Today, our guest is Cassie Sands. Cassie, I'm so pleased that you're here with me. Uh, Will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, So my name is Cassie
1: Sands. I'm a writer. I write primarily memoir and poetry. I'm also an aerospace engineer and a planetary scientist. Um, and recently, I am also gay married and a stepparent to three wonderful stepchildren. Yay.
0: Um, you're also wearing an amazing mountain sweater.
1: Yes, it is a kind of a chilly late fall day. So it is perfect for the weather today.
0: I love that. Yeah. Uh, also, your wedding pictures are beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> um, they're so tender and joyous. Uh, Today, Cassie has brought a poem by Dorothy Walters called The Skeptics. Will you introduce the poem for us?
1: Oh, sure. So this is The Skeptics by Dorothy Walters. We were the skeptics, the ones who knew that nothing exists beyond our knowing. Our certitude that what we saw was what there was. No need to go beyond the edges of our thought, our need to be right. Then one day we were struck down by presents arriving in a whirling cloud of light, a wind tearing our clothes away. Our skin was
0: now suffused with gold, and we no longer remembered what it was we knew. So as a planetary scientist, have you considered yourself a skeptic? Are you still a skeptic? I would consider myself a recovering skeptic and
1: a recovering intellectual. (laughs) I think that's how I would describe myself. As someone who's, you know, an engineer and a scientist, and I used to live completely in my head, and then I went through some big things in my life that challenged that and made me look at things in a different way.
0: Can you tell me what you've been skeptical about in the past?
1: I think I used to believe that reductionist science is like the ultimate reality.
0: What is reductionist science?
1: Uh, Basically how we have lived as humans since the Industrial Revolution, that we can control nature and the world around us and we never have to subject ourselves to the elements or essentially that everything can be within our control if we have sufficient
0: technology. That sounds like a comforting idea.
1: (laughs) It is a comforting (laughs) idea, which is why it's so appealing.
0: So, Dorothy Walters talks about Kundalini. Is this something that you're interested in? Is this a spiritual experience that you've taken part in? Yes.
1: It's interesting that you bring up Kundalini because I actually had a Kundalini awakening last fall, like a little over a year ago. I was working with a coach at the time and someone who's very spiritual and connected with the earth and that kind of thing. And she was leading a meditation. And she asked me to describe what happened during this meditation. And I was like, oh, it's like this giant snake rose out of me. And she basically told me it's a kundalini awakening, and I had never even heard of it. And then when I looked it up, some people try for years or decades to like achieve this. And it's something I sort of happened upon in a
0: meditation with someone. That's really interesting. Will you tell us a little bit more about kundalini?
1: Sure. So it comes from Hindu ideology, I suppose you could say. And kundalini is this type of latent energy that sits coiled at the base of your spine. Uh, It's described as divine feminine energy uh, or shakti. Um, And essentially, if your chakras are clear and you're in a state to receive that, um, that energy will rise up out of your spine. And it's supposed to be associated with positive changes in your life, better health, um, a deeper spiritual connectedness.
0: Do you identify as non-binary, Cassie? Uh yes, I do. I'm interested that you bring up feminine energy. We were talking the other day, and you were talking about how you don't experience different energies as masculine or feminine. You kind of experience them as the same energy. Uh right. Yeah.
1: So for me, I hear all this talk of divine feminine, divine masculine in the spiritual community, or just male, female, and these different energies. And I sort of have pieced together throughout my life that other people see these as separate and that I don't. So I could learn. I could go through the process of rote memorization of these qualities are masculine. These are feminine. Um, but I don't really feel them differently to me. They're just the same like energy or life force.
0: Yeah, I'm super interested in that. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Would you tell me a bit about how your spiritual practices mesh with you being a scientist? And like, is writing a channel for that as well?
1: I would say that writing for me and poetry especially is the integration of this very intellectual part of myself and this very like emotional and spiritually connected part of myself. So if this thing that's going on within me, I also see it as something that's happening in the collective right now where we're integrating you know, being a rational person and an emotional person and a spiritual person. And we're not living as much in these very compartmentalized roles. You are, you know, you're told, oh, you're creative as a kid and you don't have to worry about science or like you're, you know, a math and science person. So you you can't you can't be creative. I think we're really stepping out of those roles as we move forward in this time of great change in our world.
0: Is there any dissonance between your scientific practice and your spiritual practice? Are there questions that you still have or do you find a like a lot of peace bringing those together?
1: I think for me, I do say that I write poems, but sometimes it feels like there is a poem that exists and it is just like, I'm the conduit or whatever, you know, sometimes I feel almost like an imposter being like, Oh yeah, I actually wrote this. Um, It does feel more almost like a channeling process, Um, I don't think I went about intentionally combining those two things. I was engineer and scientist, and then I stepped completely out of that. And then I was, like, emotional, spiritual, and I think I'm still in that process of weaving them together. And actually, writing is helpful for me as a human being as I go through that process. You know, I've heard someone say, like, you create something and then it creates you. Like, I definitely feel that when I write I feel like that it changes the way that I understand myself and like see the world.
0: How long have you been writing for?
1: I started writing in 2019. I was going through a lot of really intense trauma healing. And it was at the time the only way I could really even understand or express uh, what I was going through.
0: Yeah. This is a lot of the work that you do in your writing. You invest like a lot of time and space into that kind of work. Yeah. What might you say to someone who's interested in investing time in healing trauma? I mean, I
1: certainly think it's worth it. I also think timing is important. I think if something is coming up in your life or you're noticing that you feel disconnected or old memories are sort of coming up and you don't know what to do with them, I think those are indications that there might be something there that you should work with. Yeah, for me it's it's been a completely life-changing process. It's also been incredibly painful at times. so it's certainly not for the faint of heart.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that like poetry writing and Kundalini were two of those things. you were working with a coach. Um, what other elements have you kind of incorporated into that journey? I think support from other
1: people is completely paramount. Like I was in therapy and that was, I wasn't with someone who was super trauma informed. It was still helpful to a certain extent, but things really started to shift for me when I joined a community and it was people who are also are survivors of complex trauma. I'm someone who um, has complex PTSD um, and I've healed a lot of things, but it also is sort of the work of a lifetime to continue
0: to heal from that type of thing. hmm where do you see your writing going or do you see your writing going anywhere I think um I think sometimes mistakenly people will be like oh you're a writer so you must be creating this vast work of something and that's your life's work but mm-hmm. really I think like you had said before writing can be about creating yourself mm-hmm. is there a part of yourself you're working on creating right now with your writing
1: Oh, that's, that's a really interesting question. I've never exactly thought about it in quite that way. I think that because of my history as an engineer and scientist and the ways that I've really explored the emotional and spiritual landscape, I think it does give me a unique perspective that not everyone has. So right now I actually see my work as like getting that out to other people and hoping that it's meaningful to them. I think that's where I'm at right now. And I I do have specific things that I'm working on. I'm working on a memoir about trauma healing, and I'm also working on a poetry anthology about our connection with um, the earth and the cosmos.
0: Cassie, will you read Dorothy Walters' poem, The Skeptics, one more time? Yes, I would love to. This is The Skeptics by Dorothy Walters. We were the
1: skeptics, the one who knew that nothing exists beyond our knowing our certitude that what we saw was what there was no need to go beyond the edges of our thought our need to be right then one day we were struck down by presence arriving in a whirling cloud of light a wind tearing our clothes away our skin was now suffused with gold and we no longer
0: remembered what it was we knew thank you cassie thank you julia for having me this has been bebaum presents cassie sands a project of B-Balm arkansas and k u a f public radio the Skeptics comes from Dorothy Walters' book, Some Kiss We Want, Poems Selected and New. Thank you to Emergence Education for permission to use this poem. I'm your host and the creator of b Arkansas, a community writing experience for writers of all levels in Northwest Arkansas. Bee Balm Presents is directed and filmed in the Listening Lab by Emerson Alexander. Our show is produced by Micah Poor. You can stream our series at listeninglabkuaf.com or download episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to Avery Martin for permission to use their song, Peach Pretender. It's a sneak peek from their unreleased EP by Avery Lee and the Sweeties, dropping in spring 2024. You can find out more about Be Arkansas at bebalmarkansas.com or by following us on Instagram. Listener, thank you for joining us.